0: You're listening to the Whole Church Podcast. Our efforts to educate and unite the church are made possible thanks to our sponsors on Patreon. Please consider joining them for $3 a month at patreon.com forward slash the Whole Church Podcast. Ephesians 5, verses 19 through 21 reads Speak to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody with your hearts to the Lord always give thanks for all things in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to our God and Father and subject yourselves one to another in the fear of Christ. Joe Day, how would you explain that verse in its context the best that you know how?
1: I would um, explain that as a beautiful illustration of what it means to be in submission with one another other translations for that same verse have that word submission in there and it goes back to the big two right love God love others and this begins with an illustration of praising God and worshiping God and all of those kinds of things and then quickly thereafter explains that in very practical ways this is how you express that you are filled with the spirit that you love god and that you love others because from a from a worldly standpoint this whole idea of put others ahead of you to the point of losing out on any personal benefit out of relationships or situations things like that where that's not your key instinct that's very countercultural, that's very counterworldly. So displaying this in all in, in all authenticity in a with, a with a pure heart and pure motive, out of an extension of relationship with God is in fact, a display of the good news of the gospel of the kingdom of God.
0: Hey, everybody, welcome to the Whole Church Podcast. This could be your favorite Church Unity podcast. Maybe you know of others. I don't know. I am one of your co-hosts today, Joshua Knoll, here with the one and only, the greatest co-host to ever grace the face of the earth, TJ Tiberius Juan Blackwell. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. It is so good to be here. Yeah, welcome. Uh, but to the show. I, I have to give
2: I have to give uh, honorable mention to uh, the mantis from Space Ghost Coast to Coast. <laughs> Wait, what? He's my favorite co-host.
0: Oh, okay. Or an Elmo was on I don't on know who COVID. that is. Yeah, I don't know who that is.
2: Anyway. Uh, if you're already listening here half the battle is won Uh, we could win the war if you go to apple podcast or spotify and rate this show Uh, it is imperative we need your support and it would mean a lot to us thank you
0: yeah yeah guys today we are doing what's going to become a patron only series where once a month we are just going to kind of break down the news of the month or the news of last month as is the case today, where we're going to be talking about some of the big events in April and honestly some other months, just some current events, uh, thinking of it through a whole church, Christian, um, ecclesiological, ecclesiological, wow, that's a big word, perspectives, and we're just going to think about what do these mean for the whole church. Uh, If you'd like to hear more like what you're going to hear today, then you should go to patreon.com forward slash The Whole Church Podcast. Follow us and you will get this once a month. TJ and I will be going through great lengths to make sure we do an extra thing a month. It's hard for us to do a thing. It is. Anything at all. Yeah. Uh, That being said, um, TJ, actually, I was thinking about switching up the silly question. Would you be okay with me switching the silly question? I guess. Because today that this episode comes out is a special holiday to both of us. uh, May the 4th. Uh, It's the Star Wars holiday. May the 4th be with you. So I have to ask, DJ, if you could have any of the Star Wars, like, animals as a pet, which would you want? If I
2: say a Wookiee, does that count as slavery?
0: That would be a question for someone who knows Star Wars better. I would probably have asked you that. I think it does, yeah, so don't do that i
2: uh I'm gonna go with uh an acco, all right, yeah, one of those giant kind of praying mantis monsters from the Genosian ocean arena, you know,
0: yeah, I thought about doing a really cool answer from like the Clone War show or something that's not like super mainstream. But then I was like, what if I not only went mainstream, but went with like some of the movies everybody hates and gave an answer that everyone's going to hate and say the poor. Say
2: poor? Hmm, that's yeah.
0: crazy. Yeah. I know everyone's going to hate that. I said that, but you know what? They are adorable. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So TJ, are you ready to, to talk about some current events? I've never been more ready. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to talk about some articles and ask you questions about them. Yeah, that's how this is going to work. <laughs> well, guys, so, uh Christianity today, um I say recently, this is sort of uh it was March of um this year that they published it. This re- this investigation started in May of 2019 when Timothy how would you say that last name, DJ? Uh Dalrymple. Okay, yeah. Uh, He is now the head of Christianity Day, the chief editor, whatnot. Um, Kind of stepped into a tricky situation, saw some um, assault allegations, some harassment allegations kind of stuff, and hired private investigation from outside the company to look into it and gave the go-ahead for it to publish before they saw what it said, Um, trying for some intellectual honesty of hey, we want this out, we're not going to edit it, it's not going to be our spin, this is what someone else investigated and had to say about us, and they're trying to address it as such. Um, the investigation basically came up with, hey, uh, nothing is wrong inside the company, technically from like a legal standpoint, but there are some concerns with harassment. Uh, a lot of harassment has been taking place, a lot of mistreatment of women um and when the thing when the article came out saying that Christianity Today was basically exempt or whatever um the the chief editor uh, made a statement that we do believe the stories of these women and he wanted to make sure that the company was standing by them and went for some of the recommendations that the private investigation came up with so from guidepost there was a list of recommendations for Christianity Today to do today to do yeah, that's fun. And I wanted to talk about some of those with you, TJ, see what you thought about this, because uh, they're kind of modeling this not only as a here's what they're going to do. But a lot of churches have dealt with allegations of harassment and um, kind of being boys clubs and that sort of thing recently. So they're trying to kind of model what these other churches facing similar harassment should do. Some of the recommendations from Guidepost were to communicate publicly what their policies are, um, to create diversity. To have more women in leadership, kind of thing, um, a communication calendar where there is like certain times per that week or per month or whatever where they are communicating about these things and there's open dialogue, and to increase transparency when there are allegations made that everything's out in the open, there aren't any of these non disclosure clauses that a lot of churches have been doing. That's sort of the recommendations from the guideposts that Christianity today is committing to. Um, mm-hmm. Teacher, what's your hot take on all these? Do you you think those are all good ideas or
2: Uh, Yeah, I I don't have a hot take, really. Uh, It's just nice to see, you know, so often when these companies get hit with these allegations, they're like, oh, that's not possible. Like half of our staff is female and they acknowledge that they say that like over half of our staff is female, but most of our leadership is male. There's one female executive currently and we just lost another one and then they agree, decide. I don't know. I'm bad with words today. Uh, (laughs) But they commit to having three women in executive leadership positions in the coming years, at least according to the article,
0: Yeah, which I think is a good step. Yeah, which I I agree. It's a good step to have it. Um, It can also be controversial, though. I mean, hiring someone or elevating someone just because of their gender or race is always kind of a touchy thing to do. But you think in cases where – harassment allegations are afoot that that kind of um, creates an atmosphere where that is the proper action to take
2: no i think the idea is that when there are two equal candidates
0: they will choose the woman instead okay yeah that makes sense that makes sense what about the communication calendar that seemed weird to me honestly it kind of seemed cheesy to me yeah it's a little like all right guys let's go to the conference room Who's been harassed lately? <laughs> like, like I feel like maybe I just didn't understand what that meant, but I was like, what communication calendar? That just sounds. Yeah. That you would have to cringy. ask guidepost about. Cause I don't know. Yeah. I mean, that seems really cringy. Um, last one, the increased transparency that that's one that really stood out to me because there are so many churches that are having people sign non disclosure agreements. I don't want to question their motives on that, but that, When someone signs a non-disclosure agreement, that that, kind of throws up a red flag, right? Like, doesn't that kind of make you wonder why they didn't want something disclosed?
2: Yeah, it it definitely makes me want to know what they talked about.
0: Yeah, like, I want to know what happened now. Now that you can't tell me, I really want to (laughs) know.
2: Yeah, if there's not an NDA and I see a headline, probably won't care that much. Matters itself, but if I find out there is an NDA... Then I want yeah. to know what happened.
0: Yeah. So I, just overall, <laughs> probably not a strong or good move for um, especially ministries we take. You know, it's one of those things where uh, what the Bible says we are to be above reproach. So I feel like having an NDA or something out there where you're obviously keeping it hush hush instead of being transparent. Kind of goes against that whole being above reproach thing. Would yeah. you say?
2: Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, increased transparency is never a bad thing. Not for massive organizations. Yeah. I mean, look at the, the CIA. They're becoming a lot more transparent, and most people still hate them. Uh, <laughs> that's because they're the CIA. That's different.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But all in all, maybe without the communication calendar, or maybe if they explained it better, we'd be for that. But uh, the rest of the recommendations, you think that's not only good for Christianity today? You think more churches should do that? Or
2: Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't say churches so much this you know, coming from a small church, this seems like a non-issue, Yeah, uh, but definitely your larger organizations with a few thousand members.
0: Yeah. Well, when your staff is like a pastor and maybe an associate pastor and a volunteer youth leader. Yeah, it's not quite. Uh, I don't same. think you need to be super concerned with diversity in that because it could be completely coincidental that all three of those are the same race.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: but if you have a larger staff or a larger church, definitely consider diversity representing the congregation, you know. Sure. I don't know. I don't know. But uh, all of these seem like good things, especially for larger organizations. Smaller ones, I, I could see where it maybe it's sort of a non-issue. But that's what's going on in Christianity today. And uh, that'll probably continue to be what's going on there for for a while. That's some big stuff to deal with. Moving on. <laughs> Barna. Always like to talk about Barna. We had um We had someone from Barna on the show last year. And I've been following them a little bit more since then. Um, they recently, well, see, recently, the last few years, they've been publishing argue articles following a decline in trustworthiness of pastors. More and more people are reluctant to trust pastors for spiritual advice, for personal advice, and especially for political advice. And the, this article that came out on February 16th also showed that more pastors are concerned about other pastors authority. Like they are suspicious of other pastors. Um, So TJ, first uh, for those listening who don't know, uh, do you know, remember enough to tell them who the Barna group is and why we're concerned with pastoral authority?
2: Well, the Barna group distributes a lot of information, a lot of infographics to, uh, you know, tons of churches around the world, especially this country. Uh, so they're the ones kind of getting out there and taking surveys about what pastors thinks, what think, what uh, congregates think, all sorts of those things. If you've ever seen a stat in a church or about a church, it was probably taken by the Barna Group.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's basically who they are. Those are the people that pastors get all their stats from,
2: more or less. They're the statisticians.
0: Yeah. The church's statisticians. That's, that's a mouthful. Um, so trustworthiness is declining, but... It's not as low, when I looked through it, it didn't seem like it was as low as the title kind of suggests. The title of the article is like, um, Pastors' Trustworthiness, Declines Amongst Pastors, or something like that. Um, When you look at it, people are saying probably instead of definitely. That's where the decline is. It's not people going from, I definitely trust pastors with my personal life, to I definitely don't. It's definitely to, I probably trust them. It just seems like there's a little less certainty rather than, I don't trust my pastor anymore. And I feel like the title is a little bit misleading with that. Does that, would you agree or is that? Yeah, well, it's called Pastors Credibility is in Question Even Among
2: Pastors. And that's, I mean, that's what they illustrate in the
0: article. Yeah. I, f- I feel like it's like, um, when, when you read one of those articles that's like Spider-Man has been recast in the MCU and you find out that they mean like one episode of the what if cartoon, you know, like, that's, that's not quite re I mean, it, he was recast, but it's not quite what I thought you meant. It's not wrong, but it's not quite what I thought you meant. So people still probably trust pastors. Yeah. Um, the lowest confidence, this was interesting that uh, pastors have for other pastors, um, comes outside of spirituality. Most of them seem like they sort of trust other pastors when it comes to spiritual things, but more in pastors don't trust other pastors and guiding people how to live out their lives and how to interact in politics. That's what some of the numbers were showing to me. That's where a lot of the trust is declining. Um, do you find that surprising? Did you expect that to be the case? What? How did that hit you?
2: I think a lot of this you know, the swings in reliability or trust come from just our culture as a whole. We're becoming a lot more individualistic. That's the American way. Yeah. So people are getting judged a lot more on who they are instead of what their job is. Uh, A lot of people aren't willing to say like, Oh yeah, I trust him because he's a doctor. Most people want to know their doctor.
0: Yeah. Well, and with the prevalence of Google and Facebook information and stuff, everyone seems to be doubting everything more. You know, my doctor said this, but I Googled it and I discovered all of these other things could be true. Or, you know, a lot of people mistrust political leaders because of things they, they see on Facebook that are completely against it. And because, you know, political leaders just lie, but that's always been the case. Mostly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Uh, Specifically for us, I feel like this one's especially relevant for a church unity podcast. What do you think it says about the ability for us to bring the church into closer unity that pastors are less trustworthy of other pastors or less trusting of other pastors?
2: Well, again, I think it is that they aren't being asked about specific pastors. It's just anyone. Yeah. I think once you know somebody, you start to trust them a lot more. Especially in terms of advice, it's really easy to give bad advice.
0: Yeah. Would you, would you say that's the problem with a lot of the division in the church too? We're not being asked about, do you love this specific Methodist pastor? You're being asked, are Methodists still Orthodox? Would, if we were more specific in our questions of how we relate to other people in the church, do you think that would enable more unity as opposed to kind of looking at it more generally like people tend to do?
2: I'm not sure. I think that's uh I don't think we want to lean into the individualist viewpoint. We want people to be okay with the other churches as a whole. Yeah. Yeah. I if you hate right. every Methodist church except for the one down your street, you aren't in unity with Methodists.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Although I would I would say getting to know the Methodist church down the street might open up people to caring more for Methodist in general assuming they're not Methodist. I don't know why we decided to use Methodist for this example, but I I just, that was the first thing that I said. Yeah. Interesting. All right. Next article. Uh, If you didn't know, April had a few of those big green holidays. Um, Earth Day and Arbor Day are both in the month of April. Um, On April 22nd was this next article by uh, Betsy Painter. And Kyra Reyes Tan, is that how you would say that, TJ? Sierra. Uh, hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh the, the the title of this article is Caring for God's Wild and Wondrous Planet. Um I thought for the most part it was pretty generic, uh the article as a whole. But uh, it still had some good stuff that I I thought was worth mentioning. Um, Primarily, uh, the author, who was uh, this Betsy painter, she talked about feeling alive in God's creation or nature. And TJ, you and I have been on a few camping trips and stuff together. I kind of consider myself sort of outdoorsy. I'm a little bit of both. I like to be outdoors, but also I like inside. Um, Would you say you feel alive in God's creation? Like you feel more connected to God in that way? We both
2: studied biology at a college level.
0: That's true. By the way. <laughs> I yes. that I studied biology at a college level. That's funny. It's been a long, a lot longer for me than it has you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, okay. So what? what about the, and I thought this was an interesting point she made of how there is a difference between people who want to kind of worship nature and treat it as though it is God and as though it is the most important thing, as opposed to having gratitude for what God's given us and caring for it. Um, I had a quote I wanted to read and kind of get your take on, TJ. Um, From the the article, she writes, When our appreciation for nature's beauty is linked to our gratitude towards its provision through and connection to Christ, we can confidently enjoy creation, including the magnificent coral reefs and sublime mountains and give God
1: glory you have anything that you would add to that or I mean
2: I've never really liked talking about the planet as if it is just something for those of the faith to enjoy yeah Uh, I just a lot of the language associated with it just does not click with me but definitely if you are Perceiving nature as one of God's gifts to man, a lot easier to want to take care of it.
0: Yeah, and I think if you are Christian, it is good to see God's glory in nature. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, uh, it's a, it's kind of a theological principle, but it comes from Paul's writings of how there's common grace and then there's um, special or revelation kind of stuff. Um, common grace being just the good things God gives to all of us. So, I think TJ is definitely onto something where God didn't give all these wonderful things just for those who believe him. These are for everyone. Salvation are only for those who believe him. But creation is for all of us. It's something anyone can enjoy and see the wonders of. It doesn't have to be connected to God or his glory, but I think it certainly can be. Which brings us to the more interesting part. And the reason I brought this up is she talked a lot about eco anxiety and food waste and how a lot of people are so anxious that the world's going to come to ruin or all this stuff happens that that sort of becomes a problem of itself, which wasn't something I expected. I expected her to be like, everyone needs to save the planet. Everyone should be anxious. The world's going to end tomorrow. Instead, she was like, "Uh, no, eco anxiety is a problem. Even though she agrees that we need to do something about the condition of the world. Currently, she still sees it as a problem that people are feeling this anxious about it. Um, did you have any takeaways from that particular part of the article uh no i I pretty much agree
2: God will provide yeah um that's that's just how I live my life anyway so
0: yeah but but it does bring the question of if we mistreat nature, are there actual consequences? Will God just forgive anything we do and make sure the planet's okay, or is there actual confidence or is there actually actual consequences? To the way we misuse, you know, so resources like fuel and energy and all that.
2: Oh, yeah. Of course, there are consequences.
0: Dan, all right. Biology major change. TJ. <laughs> yeah. You guys got, heard it here first. Um, one last question with this, because you, you mentioned it, and I'm just curious. As someone who has studied biology in a school setting, I mean we both have, do you think that studying it in that way? makes it harder or less hard to see God's glory in it. Like, is it now you look at it and you're like, well, I know how this occurred or is it more, this is truly amazing.
2: Yeah. It's, it's always, for me, it's always been that second thing, but it's really a viewpoint question that really goes either way for pretty much everybody who learns about it. It's like, because yeah. that's, it's an atheist talking point. It's like, Oh, you're telling me God created the human body perfectly with all of these veins. Like, Yes, that's that's why it's amazing. Yeah. Bozo. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. It wouldn't be no, impressive it, it's if interesting. We just
2: had like one blood vein. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Um Richard Dark- Dawkins, that was like one of his big things is all of these complex things you could clearly see how it was formed over time and thus couldn't have been creation whereas I'm more like it looks like this was a plan that was slowly put together. That Someone had to do the planning. So yeah, perspective, just, you know, he sees one thing. I see another. If he ever wants to debate me, uh, Richard Dawkins, this is the whole church podcast here. <laughs> You're welcome to debate me for our patrons on a patron only debate session. Um, mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. And evolutionary biologists love to talk about how complex our life is, like how minuscule the odds were of humans existing. It's like,
1: yeah, I mean,
0: you know, it didn't just happen. Yeah, it's one of those really funny things where I'm like, yes, exactly. I, I completely it's, agree. Yeah,
1: it odds were very happen.
0: low. Correct. <laughs> anyway, so our next article, <laughs> this one truly fascinated me. I knew nothing about it until I happened upon this um, April 20th. Christianity Today article by Jason Casper. Parsing pacifism. Ukraine's Mennonite heritage shapes evangelical responses to Russia. And just kind of um, reading. The fact that I I had no idea there was a huge Mennonite presence in Ukraine um, until I came across this never crossed my mind. At all, that that would be a thing. Um, TJ, is this the first you're hearing about the Mennonites in Ukraine? Mennonites specifically? Yeah. Yeah.
2: Which is crazy because my hometown is like 20% Ukrainian.
0: That's truly fascinating. The Bible Belt of Eastern Europe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So part of this article is talking about how many people in Ukraine, uh, particularly the Mennonites that still exist because there's a long heritage there, are complete pacifists, but are staying because they want to participate in the war as a pacifist. Which, man, does that sound contradictory? <laughs> um, but the idea is that they want to remain to farm, to do the things that aren't the actual fighting to support the soldiers, um, which some might argue is participating in the violence, even though you're not firsthand participating in it. I don't know. TJ, does that? Are they participating in the violence? Or is this still pacifism?
2: Pacifism is a tricky subject. Yes. If you're being forced to fight, you don't have a whole lot of options.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, I feel like they're in a tricky situation. One thing that was interesting in this, um, it, it talked about how the Orthodox Church, which is also prevalent in Ukraine, declared that it was okay to fight back. But because Protestants don't have a central authority like that, a lot of your Protestants there who, you know, they trace their origins back to the same as the Mennonites. So whereas in America, a lot of Protestants are uh, not eager for war, but more okay with war. That's not the case in Ukraine. A lot of Protestants are very much pacifist and they're waiting for some kind of authority or for someone or some sign that it is okay to fight back. So it's, a challenging topic for them right now in Ukraine, whether or not they should be fighting. Mm -hmm. Um, So again, you know, farming, they're pastoring, they're healing. um, But they're working in war as pacifists. Um, As far as church unity, TJ, how do we, I mean, do we, is all we can do just pray for the Ukrainians? Is there, is there anything else we can do? Like, should we pray specifically for anything for, for, our fellow church folk there uh well
2: obviously we can pray some people can afford to contribute hmm. some people are able-bodied enough to go to Ukraine just an idea yeah not for me personally but uh, I think the difference in you know the process of America and the Protestants elsewhere is that uh, America has not had a, a war on it's on soil, in yeah, a couple hundred years, long time. No one alive has ever seen it, so it's a lot easier to distance ourselves from what war actually is. Yeah, it makes I'm gonna someone a, a lot little, less likely to be a pacifist.
0: Yeah, I'll be a little boldish here and just let you respond to what I'm what I'm thinking. Um, I I I, I want to say also reach out to your leaders yeah maybe if you want our country to be more involved write to your senator if you think we're doing enough and you're just appreciative of your senator you know let them know that too um your pastors i know some churches are able to do some things our church actually has a minister who used to live in ukraine who's currently in poland or he was in poland last i checked and was helping get supplies across the country line country border to Ukraine and the people who are kind of in the midst of this situation. So you might be able to talk to your pastor and see if your church is doing anything and if there is any way you can contribute. Does that sound like a fair fair way to do unity? Yeah. Or,
2: I mean if that's if you know you're if God is calling you out to help Ukraine, then absolutely do
0: that. Yeah. But definitely be praying. Um, you, you know It's always striking to me, and I know I've probably said it before, that the whole brother and sister thing comes from where someone told Jesus that his mother and his siblings were looking for him. And he says, who are my mother and my siblings other than those who are doing the work of God? It was literally his mother and his siblings, and he was making that equivalence. So I would like to think that we would think of this as our own blood in Ukraine, in the church, trying to figure out what to do there. So when you're praying, do it with fervor. That's all I got.
2: All right. Well, uh, some other needs of the worldwide church. We just wanted to put these out there for you guys to help us pray for our brothers and sisters across the globe. And for those who want to look into how to better serve one another globally as the whole church. Uh, Punishment is cracking down on those who share Bibles in Kazakhstan uh, with fines up to a month's wages being enforced on families who are caught sharing their Bibles. Uh, one of the largest churches of Algeria, Aushish, uh, was closed on April 6th as the government cracked down on Christian worship of any kind. An armed radical Islamic group recently vandalized a church in Burkina Faso, kidnapping an American nun. Uh, the search is still out for Sister Sue Ellen Tennyson and their church has requested prayer. More than 130 congregations have split with the United Methodist Church using a conscious clause over LGBT issues. These churches will remain orthodox, Traditional views as well as their original properties. Uh, in South Africa, a three way split had been forming in a large Pentecostal church since 2016, the International Pentecostal Holiness Church in Zebrakhan in July 2020. The dispute turned deadly with an early morning raid. Uh, police on the scene of the church found five bodies and 60 firearms. The leader of the new faction of the Sorry, that's insane.
0: It's firearms. <sighs>
2: Michael Sandlano was found innocent and says that he is praying that the police find the real killers soon. So, true crime guys, get on that. Yeah. True crime podcast, whole church podcast team, I don't know.
0: Yeah, whole church true crime podcast. Mm -hmm. Start it up.
2: (laughs) The true crimes of the whole
0: church. Yeah, it's a good title. All right, well, I know that's a a lot. I know those are heavy topics, um, but it is important that we remain in prayer for those around the world and hopefully... Uh, This helps you guys know some specific ways that you can be praying. Keep it on your prayer list if you have one. If you don't, maybe start a prayer list. It's a cool thing to do. Um, Part of being the whole church is being concerned for the church everywhere. You know, you're not just supposed to be united with those in your local congregation, but all around the world, we are brothers and sisters, and um, they think it's just important that we keep them in our minds and hearts. As you all know, we always like to give our guests a single tangible action to help maintain unity in the church, something they can do right now that would just kind of help us maintain unity. Uh, TJ, do you have anything that you think we can do that helps us uh, maintain unity for the whole church globally? Get out there and
2: pray. All right, there yeah. are a lot of pen pal organizations you can actually reach out to, uh, to try and get in touch with someone in the church somewhere else in the world. Uh,
0: give that a shot. Yeah, and um, there are places that give you updates on what's going on in the world in the church, like Open Doors USA. You can follow that app. It'll let you know what's going on. So what do you think would happen in the world if we all did that? I think the church would have better perspective. Um, For me, I think a lot of times we get wrapped up in specifically what's going on in the American church so much that we divide over these Not small issues, but issues that seem small when you think of what's going on globally. When you think of this nun that was kidnapped by Muslim radicals somewhere else. And then you think of, yeah, this church down the road split because they couldn't decide if they wanted a doorknob or a door handle. And it's like, okay, well, I think this perspective probably would help unity in some of those smaller areas. Just to remember there are bigger things going on in the world. Mm -hmm. What do you think? Yeah, I
2: think door handles are better than doorknobs. Me too. All right, glad we settled that. (laughs) But definitely. Definitely helpful. And uh, before we get into the outro, we always like to do our God moment segment. Uh, If you haven't been with us before, uh, it's where we just take a moment to share what God's been up to with us recently, whether it be a challenge, blessing, moment of worship, anything. Uh, so Josh, what is your God moment for us? Man.
0: Um, there's, there's a lot. I'm trying to think of all of them. I have two friends getting ready to get married at the end of this month. And, um, I'm just blessed that we're going to be able to be there. And I've been thinking about all of my friends. I haven't seen since my wedding that are going to be there in Wilmington, North Carolina. Um, I'm excited for that. It'll be a good time. And, just blessed to get to be a part of the celebration.
2: Nice. But uh, I'm pretty much the same thing. Uh, one of my best friends is getting married this Saturday.
0: And nice. it is a three-hour drive to the wedding. Wow. Yeah, mine's going to be three hour drive. Also, I think they're getting married on your birthday. Good for
2: them. It's a good day. But if you enjoyed this episode, please consider sharing it with a friend or an enemy. You can always do that that's your choice you can also share it with a cousin
0: some people have fun preferable yeah mm-hmm. oh, yeah you can also hear more of uh tj and my voices if you so desire to hear more of this um you could hear us speak about geeky things and how they relate to the church you know talking marvel star wars harry potter lord of the rings whatever it may be we relate some of the themes in them back to theology at systematic geekology.org.
2: Right. And remember you can leave us a five star rating on Spotify or Apple podcast. And that helps us out a lot. I also appreciate a good one star review. So I don't hit us up. Uh, thank you for listening to the whole church podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Next week we will review Gregory Coles, author of the book, single gay Christian. After that, we will interview Dr. Sam Rainier. The president of Church answers then at the end of season 1 Francis Chan will be joining us. Yeah. He might not know it but mm-hmm. it's happening. Season 1's not ending until he's on the show.
0: Yeah, you hear what that move? Francis?
2: Mr. Chan. Is he a doctor? <laughs> Dr. Chan? <laughs> I don't I don't think so. Anyway, thanks for listening.
0: Thank you for listening to the Whole Church podcast. Please consider tuning back in next week for our interview with Gregory Cole. The author of Single Gay Christian. Also, remember, you can sponsor the show at patreon.com forward slash the whole church podcast.